the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. You become saved by receiving Christ alone, Acts 631. Without Christ, there is no salvation. Without the life of God living in your soul, there is no salvation. Without Christ, you are a walking dead man, woman, a child, void of the life of God, uh, uh, headed to a Christless eternity in hell. Uh, what must you do to be saved? B, you must be saved through believing on Jesus's name, the name of Christ alone. It is his name alone. You can't put no other name with his name. It's not Christ and somebody else. No, it's Christ alone. Acts 4.12 says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men uh, by which we must be saved. It is not Christ and Muhammad. It is not Christ and Buddha. It's not Christ and anything else. It is Christ all by himself. Christ alone. Grace alone is sufficient to save alone to the glory of God alone. That's right. He says, I am the way. Who's the way? Christ is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life. No one gets to the Father but through him. You can't just see Christ as another prophet. You, you, you got to see him. He's more than a prophet. He's God. And if you don't see him as God, you're lost. He is supreme. He's God. He came here to save and you must recognize he is God. You become saved through believing in Christ's name alone. See, the only way to be saved is that you must be born again. Now, you, the first time you were born, that's called physical birth through your mother's womb. That's physical birth. But, but born again, in order to be born again, uh, it's not physical. It is it is a spiritual birth and it's done through the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said to him, more surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Once born hell bound, twice born heaven bound. Okay, it's as simple as that. Once born, you only been born one time, that's physical birth, you hell bound. 
You got to be born again. Once you've been born again, once once you've received the Lord Jesus Christ, you say, Lord, I cry out for you. I believe I trust you to be my one and only God. I believe in in your atoning work on Calvary. Thank you for dying for me. I, I believe you died for me. You shed your blood for me. I believe you were buried for me. You rose for me. Come into my heart. Save me from myself. Save me from my rebellion. Save me from my damnable way. Lord, I'm a mess and without you, I can do nothing. Save me now. And God will hear your cry and he will save you right where you are. Regardless of your condition, regardless of your past, regardless of your financial status, regardless of your culture, regardless of where you are in life, God is still in the soul saving business. Why don't you say amen? You must be born again. In other words, you must have a spiritual birth that gives new life and a regenerated spirit. In other words, you must have a a spiritual birth that gives new life and a regenerated spirit. The new birth is such a miraculous, say miraculous, miraculous transformation in a person's life that it can only be described as being born again. The new birth is a miracle. You, how many of you know you've been saved and you know you're saved and all the demons in hell can't make you doubt the validity of your salvation? Let me tell you something. You are a walking miracle before an onlooking world. Salvation. You, do you realize what you were before you came to Christ? What I, what I was? You, you know the things you used to do, remember? Oh, you got sharp memories now. Remember what you used to say? Remember that stuff you used to do sneaking around? You got stuff in the past that you don't ever want to come back. And all those folks that know your past, you say, God, give them amnesia of my past. That's right. That's right. Won't y'all say amen? Amen. And when you think about what you used to do and what you used, used to say and where you used to go and what you used to think about and what bought you pleasure. And all of a sudden God arrested you. God redeemed you. God saved you. God miraculously, supernaturally intervened in your life and he saved you uh, out of darkness, saved you out of enslavement to sin and and transferred you into the kingdom of, of his dear son. You ought to be saying hallelujah. You ought to say hallelujah that I'm saved. Hallelujah that I'm free. Hallelujah that I'm born again. Hallelujah that I've been purchased. Hallelujah that I've received God for myself. Oh my God. In other words, you must have a spiritual birth that gives new life and a regenerated spirit. The new birth is such a miraculous transformation in a person's life that it can only be described as being born again. Say born again. First John 5, 11 through 13 says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son, the Lord Jesus Christ does not have life. Verse 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe. Keep on keeping on believing in the 
name of the Son of God to the glory of God. You have Jesus, you have eternal life. You don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life. And you are a candidate for condemnation and hell and judgment. What must you do to be saved? D, you must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. What you believe, you must confess. You say you believe Jesus, you ought not be ashamed to confess him as your Lord and your God. My Lord and my God. You must confess with your mouth, not everybody else's mouth, your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your own heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess uh, with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And when you believe that truth and when, and you know what, Jesus, well, how do you know I believe that truth? You know you believe the truth when you live the truth. Did you get, you get what I said? You, you know you believe the truth when you live the truth. If you don't live the truth, you don't believe the truth. Because when you believe the truth, you live the truth. That's right. Now some folk, they're professors of the truth, but they're not possessors of the truth. You know, they, they say they're Christian. They say they love God. They say the right thing. They say the religious thing. But they are without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You must confess him. But that true confession has validity when you live out that confession through a lifestyle that reflect what you said you confessed. Y'all hanging with me? Do you believe Jesus this morning? Do you believe? Do you believe God? How do I respond to rejection? Secondly, uh, refuse to quit. So many quitters. So many quitters. This is amazing how, how we so quick to quit on, on the, uh, in church, but the job can sling you around, move you around, change your salary, don't give you a raise, maybe give you a cut back, give you extended hours with little pay. And some of you got jobs where the more you work, you just, it's just, you just work until it's, until it's done and uh, no remuneration for that. But let me tell you something. We ought to have that same tenacity in the church. You are here when it rains, you hear when it's cold, you hear when things go well. Anybody can stay at a church when things don't go well. I mean, but, but you, you hang in there and you believe God through the issues. You love people through their issues. You're, you're not a quitter. You, you, you're one who, you're a winner. And winners don't quit, refuse to quit. God does not reward quitters. Rewards are only given to those who are faithful unto death. Revelation 2.10b says, be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. The scripture also says in Luke 9.62, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't quit and neither should we. Had Jesus quit, uh, we wouldn't have salvation today. If, if Jesus had quit, we wouldn't be a candidate for heaven today. We wouldn't be on our way to heaven today. We'd be doomed, damned, and done. I'm so glad Jesus stayed the course and he pressed on toward Calvary and he fulfilled the redemptive plan for his life. Thank God for going all the way 
for undeserving Randa and for undeserving you. Thank God that he didn't quit. He loved me all the way to death. He went to the cross and he died. He, he was buried and he rose again. And that same God who didn't quit in the Lord Jesus Christ, he's coming back for non-quitters. Coming back for those who trust him alone for salvation. Listen, how do you respond to rejection? Realize that you're not alone. You're not the only one who has experienced rejection. In other words, you are in good company because Jesus himself experienced rejection. So why do you think you should be exempt from it? John 1, 11 says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. His own people, his own siblings, the Jewish leaders and authority, the scribes and Pharisees and all, and so many more rejected the Savior, rejected the Holy One, rejected God in their very presence. So you're not alone. That's a ploy from the enemy to make you think you're the only one who have gone through rejection. Number four, in dealing with rejection, you must exercise spiritual discernment. You must exercise spiritual discernment if you're going to view your rejection from a spiritual perspective. You must exercise spiritual discernment if you're going to view your rejection from a spiritual perspective. You're going to fall all the pieces. You're going to be a hot mess if you don't see how God is working through your life in the midst of rejection. Philippians 1.9 says, And this I pray that your love may abound, increase still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Discernment. A discernment is the God-given enablement to separate good from evil, to distinguish truth from error, right from wrong. That's called spiritual discernment. That, that has to be given from God. And, and through his word and prayer and walking in the spirit enhances one's discernment. To have discernment, if you don't have discernment, then you're not going to view your rejection from a right perspective or in a right perspective. And so to have the right perspective, that means you got to think on things above. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. To think on things above, you say, what does that mean? That means you got to pray. It is to pray. To think on things above is to apply scriptures to the issues of your life. It is to apply scriptures to the issues of your life. To think of things above, if you're going to do that, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you into God's perfect will. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you into God's perfect will. The Holy Spirit will navigate you right into God's perfect will, which will result in God giving you a spiritual perspective. And some of you think so badly that you can't have a spiritual perspective. Some of your minds are so carnal. Your minds can be so low. And your minds can be so overtaken by uh, the, the trappings of this world system until you can't think straight spiritually. That means you can't be the kind of mother, the kind of father, the kind of sister, the kind of brother that God is calling you to be. In other words, when you think on things above and have a spiritual perspective, you will be kept. Listen to this. When you have a spiritual perspective, you will be kept from being depressed. 
when things come into your life, people do things to you. People will do things to you. Satan's going to see to that. You say, well, Satan's not bothering me. Maybe it's because you're not bothering him. Why should he bother you? You're not bothering him. You get active for God. You get serious about God. You start reading your Bible and praying and walking in the Holy Spirit and giving your issues, the issues of your life to God. Oh, he'll mess with you. He'll mess with your children, your grandchildren, and he'll mess with your neighbor, your co-worker, and everybody else. Won't y'all say amen? So you'll be kept from being depressed when you have a spiritual perspective because you have a spiritual outlook on what God is doing. You won't become bitter. Your spiritual discernment keeps you from becoming bitter. When you have the right and proper spiritual perspective, you'll not become worried. Why worried? Oh, the storm is coming. Oh, it's so bad. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared. I'm nervous. Let me just tell you down a minute. First of all, you got here. You got to church. Didn't you get to church? Amen. Did your house get blown down? Uh, That's a spiritual perspective. Think about what didn't happen that could have happened. Isn't that a spiritual perspective? Huh? Isn't that a spiritual perspective? That's a spiritual perspective. Uh, You know what? Thank God. Not so much that folk houses are being blown down, but that's another way of looking at it. God is replenishing the aquifer. I'm, I get so tired of level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, now if they come back with some uh, one, you just playing games with the people. You remove the restrictions, amen? Replenishing the lakes and the rivers and your grass can grow so that the plants and deer and all these folks and flowers can bloom and all of that. There's a spiritual perspective, the ozone level and all. God be working all kinds of ways. Working all kinds of ways. And I tell you what, you want to you see what God is up to sometimes, just look at the, the animal life. And sometimes we can learn things from animals and insects that you can't learn from some people. God say, God used people to say, get out, the storm is raging. I'm going to stay there. I've I weathered this storm and that storm and I'm strong and oh, we good enough. And then the house starts shaking. And he said, oh my God, I should have gone. Now, I went outside to my, I tell you the other day, uh, they said the gale wind was going to be 50 to 75 miles an hour, so me and Andrew was out there. I said, girl, let's get out here and move all this patio furniture. These pillars and stuff on these chairs going to be across in somebody else's neighbor. We started dragging it, so we heard on the weather that the gale force wind, 50 to 75 miles an hour, something like that. We're out there in the middle of the night and, <laughs> and got all that stuff in. And then maybe the weather got, the wind got 15. <laughs> All that. <laughs> but you know, I noticed something when I got out there. And I came back in. I said, you know what? Usually when you open your door, my door back patio door is just wide open. I didn't see gnats. I didn't see mosquitoes. I didn't see birds. I didn't see deer. I didn't see anything. I didn't even see dogs. I didn't hear no, that, nothing barked. <laughs> nothing barked. You know something? Animals got more sense than people. Even the animals know how to get out the way. Now, I don't know where they went, but I couldn't find them. <laughs> and the Lord reminded me of that 
When I laid down, he said, what did you hear out there? What did you see? I didn't even hear crickets and all them little night creatures. You hear buzzing and all that. I didn't even hear crickets. Some of y'all, y'all TV too loud. Y'all can't hear nothing. I didn't hear. It was just quiet. I didn't have to fan away. nothing. I said, wow. It's, it's, they knew that something was up and coming. And they prepared themselves. And they quietened themselves. And they moved out of the way. They down there in Rockport, get out, get out, get out. (laughs) I've written out five storms. You know, pride can kill you. We can learn a whole lot by looking at the animal kingdom and gaining a spiritual perspective. You will be kept from becoming depressed, bitter, worried. You become less fearful when you have a spiritual perspective. And you know, when you have a spiritual perspective, you won't be so quick to backslide because your thinking is so bad. Your thinking is so twisted. But when your thinking is spiritual and God give you insight from him, then all of a sudden you say, you know, well, well, God, if this hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't even have seen what you were doing in A, B, and C. You begin to count out what God was doing. And then you turn around and thank God for what happened, because if that hadn't happened, the blessing wouldn't have come from another direction. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, God, help me with this message. Then number five, refuse to allow Satan to exploit your rejection to establish a foothold in your life. You know, Satan will use rejection to exploit your life. Many respond to rejection by turning to drugs. You know, I was rejected by my friends, rejected by some, a longtime frat brother or sorrow, a close friend of mine. I thought we were tight and I was rejected, betrayed or whatever. I was rejected by my coworker. I was rejected by a neighbor or whatever. And all of a sudden, instead of turning to Jesus, you turn to alcohol and drugs and you turn to being angry at everybody because life was not fair to you. You turn to losing hope. You even turn to becoming suicidal because you feel unloved, thrown away, unappreciated. John 10, 10 says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Beloved, rejection will not get the best of you as you continue to look to Jesus and live in hope. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You live in hope. God's going to see you through. Some of you, your husband rejected you. Your wife rejected you. Your children rejected you. That's a hard place. You're a hard place. Sometimes parents reject you. Uh, It goes all around uh, the gamut there. Beloved, rejection will not get the best of you as you continue to look to Jesus and live in hope. Uh, Number six, refuse to seek revenge. Romans 12, 19 says, Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Beloved, you are never authorized to get even. Stop killing yourself. Refuse to take rejection personally. Take the high road and allow God to fight your battles. He can fight way better than you. He's the superior fighter. 
Do not take matters into your own hand. Instead, allow God to vindicate you. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Let the Lord fight for you. Let the Lord uh, intervene for you. Number seven, uh, if you're going to deal with rejection, guard and limit who you receive your counsel from. Guard and limit who you receive your counsel from. Now, some of you go through rejection, you go to a wrong person, to the wrong person for counsel. Only share with a few, I said few, mature, yeah, I like that, very few, thank you, very few mature, confidential saints who can minister to you, encourage you, and pray for you when you've been hurt. When, when people have thrown in the towel on you, when folk have given up on you, when folk have rejected you, when you've loved them and you've done after all you've done for them. And that's when it hurts the most, when you've given so much of your time, so much of yourself, even sometimes so much of your money. You've sacrificed yourself for a person that you thought cared for you. And they hurt you dearly. And you know what? If you, um, if somebody ever confided in you or tell you something that was confidential, then you, then you should never, say never. never. You should never divulge or say that to anyone else. To the glory of God. Amen. And the worst thing you could do when the dynamics of that relationship change is to spit out that which was confidential to get even, to justify why you're in a certain situation. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Proverbs 19.21 also says, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. It is the Lord's counsel that will stand. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Jesus said the first commandment is that we shall love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is this, we shall love our neighbors as ourselves. His word declares that there are no commandments greater than these. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to worship with us on Sunday, March the 19th at 10 a.m. for our Bring a Neighbor Day worship celebration. Come. Bring a neighbor and be blessed. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.